Welcome to Endorphasmic, where we talk about all things endorphasm. I am your hostess, Erica Porter, and I have a very special guest today. I have Taylor Chapman in here, and I'm going to kind of throw her off a little bit. She asked what we were going to talk about, and I said, I don't know, whatever I think about, but I know exactly what I want to talk about, and I want to talk about because she's not alone in this journey. I want to talk about the empower the, the empowerment and the power of the endorphasm, specifically the endorphasm mindset as it pertains to addiction. And so I want to ask Taylor some questions regarding the difference of how she feels when she's in the red room or not and it's not and by the way i reference the red room only because that's where she comes that's where i know her from that's where she's been we know that the endorphasm is not exclusive to the endorphasm facility endorphasm is the point during physical exertion that you feel all things are possible and therefore that can be experienced anywhere that can be experienced in the privacy of your own home. If you like to be by yourself and kind of channel the energy yourself and to dig deep, I am not one of those people. I am a highly motivated individual, although I love the energy of the group and that's what was transformative for me. So I stick with what feels good for me and the energy that I like but everybody is different. And so I'm gonna let Taylor kind of take over a little bit and talk about the importance when she didn't have the endorphasm and not necessarily the physical space in her life and how that was different for her. And now coming back, uh, if she feels that again. First of all, it feels really weird having you call me Taylor Chapman. I'm used to Tay-Tay, so let's go back there. <laughs> she is um, Tay-Tay, but for the, for the sake of yes. just, um, you know. Yeah. Yes, but she is my little Tay-Tay. love her. <laughs> um, so for me, like, I've, I've struggled with multiple addictions, um, cross addictions, since I was 17, 31 now, so quite a while. And I found fitness... Uh, like later, I mean, not later, but you know, when I was 18, 19, um, and had it throughout battling these addictions. And then I'm shaking because I'm so nervous about this vulnerability crap. <laughs> but here it goes. <laughs> it's good for you to be vulnerable sometimes. Yeah. Um, so finding endorphins. By the way, I, I want to just talk about that for a second vulnerability. A lot of times people think that when you allow yourself to be vulnerable or you are vulnerable, that that somehow is weakness. No, yeah. And there is no greater power than being able to own your yeah. vulnerability and to be able to talk because it gives you, it starts to allow you to have control over whatever it is right, that right. is yeah, in my mind, causing takes, you to be vulnerable. Yeah, right? it takes the power back. I learned through recovery that vulnerability is the most powerful thing that you can have in battling your addiction. Um, and so, as many times as I can, like I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. Just, um, you know, I just try to remind myself, like as, as scary as it is right now, like me voicing these things is taking away the power of the addiction. 
So anyways, like endorphasm, I found six years ago, and uh, I can't believe it's been that long. I know. Um, but it was a whole different level of fitness and exertion, and the feeling that I get in the red room is mm. like, it's that super healthy high, you know? I want to see so you like, talking to that one. Let's see. Oh yeah, that's louder. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. Is this one? Um, so in the red room and like, I've, I'll be completely honest, I've been struggling a lot lately with relapses and, you know, a lot of things going on in my life that have been tough and I've fallen off the fitness train because, you know, when you're deep in your addiction and depression and anxiety and PTSD and trauma and all that, like, you know, it's hard to pull yourself out of bed. But last night, I got back in the red room to coach. And it was like this feeling of like, like I wasn't even doing the workout and it was like, holy crap, I'm home. Like I feel, like I could feel the energy of everybody doing their workout. It just made me feel so happy and healthy and like home. And today it was a humbling experience because you know, relapsing back and forth and going through all of that, not working out. And uh, this morning, like, destroyed me. <laughs> <laughs> but in such a good way. And I conveniently placed myself in the back of the room, like, in the corner. Like, the, we call it the coach's corner, where we just kind of, like... And I was like, okay, I'm probably going to cry back here. But having Erica and Carlo in front of me and then seeing everybody else and everybody else get so into it, like, my mind, as, as unfit as I felt and as... Or just, like, out of shape and and my body not right, my mind just got right back into the endorphasm mindset. Like, you know, trying to work out on my own. And I'm like, Eric, I need the red room. Like, trying to work out on my own, I mean, I would talk myself out of a workout in seven minutes. And then just like being in that room, being surrounded by people with the same mindset and the same goals. It's not, like I'm not here to just look good. Like I'm here for this feeling that is in my soul right now like my brain was just like thriving and I, as much as my body was hurting <laughs> it hurt in a good way and my brain was starting to get back on that trend of like encouragement rather than complete like breakdown you know I was talking like a lot of people who struggle with addiction like we are so mean to ourselves like things that I say in my mind I would never ever say to anybody um so I was so used to that and then getting back in this workout like I wasn't beating myself up I wasn't saying like wow look how fucking out of shape you oh sorry oh you can curse <laughs> it's it's an explicit podcast <laughs> okay, I make it very clear that it is not a okay. um it is not a well listen it can be a children's podcast i mean my son has heard those words since you know <laughs> it's in in the womb yeah. in the womb um you know i i find a lot of things in life far more insulting and um disgusting than the word fuck a couple of okay <laughs> well good because i say them a lot in my head but like it was so interesting let that out that like the day before, or I'm sorry, yesterday, like, 
before I got back to Richmond, I was like, God, you're so fucking out of shape. I can't believe you got yourself to this point. Like, this is awful. Never going to get it back. And then I'm working out this morning. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. I feel great. Like, I'm dying. But, like, I'm going to finish this. Like, my, my heavy weight is no longer, like, my max lifting weight is no longer my max weight. But whatever. Like, I felt fantastic. Like, my body was shaking and I was tired and I was sweating like Carlo. But <laughs> that's a lot by the way for those of you who don't know how Carlo sweats. But like endorphasm for me, the mindset is what I fell in love with. And everything else along the way is great. Like I you know, I can remember the first time I was able to do that big box jump. And like those are awesome. But the mindset shift that I had since finding endorphasm and then having it with me through this path and my addiction, like it just pulls me back to this really positive place and it gives me hope that there's a way out. Now it's not, this is not me saying that anything is a replacement for, you know, other recovery aspects. Like you absolutely still need to be involved in your recovery program, whatever that is for you. But fitness is a massive part of my recovery program. Well, I think it's similar to what I've created with the foundation in that it is an aspect of treatment Mm -hmm. or even just sustainability that is yours to truly control. And it is empowering and it does give a whole lot of hope. And so when we talk about, listen, I think so many of us have been on a roller coaster of when if we're talking purely aesthetics that you know we have a tendency of fluctuating up and down but when the focus is not about that when it's not about what do I look like and it's about the empowerment of how does it make me feel and when you can connect and when that resonates whether it's going for a walk or swim or yoga or hiking or mountain biking or skiing or being in the red room at endorphasm it is truly empowering it is the ability to to truly connect with self on a very different level and when you recognize the connection of that power when you walk out or when you're done with the movement you have more clarity in understanding what you're truly capable of doing. Mm -hmm. And that is so incredibly powerful. And that is the endorphasm mindset. I completely agree. Like I, you know, I would struggle with when I first found fitness, it was how can I lose the, like this weight? How can I fit into these clothes? Like I want to look like this. And now it's so refreshing going in and you're just like, I want to feel like a fucking badass. Like, I want to be in the back behind Erica, like <laughs> snatching 35 pounds and just like, just rah. <laughs> like, it's that feeling and it's so empowering. Like, I love feeling strong. I love feeling that I have endurance. Like, and I'm that weird kind of person that creates uh, vision boards. <laughs> I don't think that's but weird at all. Actually, I was talking about that the other day. I think vision boards are yeah, but, 
so like the one that I have at home, like, and I'm reading this amazing book too, which by the way, it's Atomic Habits. If anybody, like, holy crap. It's called name. Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits. Yep. Get your I like the name it. of it. It's amazing. You would love it. <laughs> but so I'll put that about, in the link in the description. I'll look it and put it, link it in the description. Yeah. And they talk about like being specific with your goals and like not saying I want to lose 20 pounds or whatever, like what are your values? Who do you want to be? Like, what do you want at the core? And so then I started looking at things like, well, I want to be an athlete. I want to think of myself as an athlete. And I, I don't want to be 140 pounds. No, I want to be a goddamn athlete that's a beast and crushes it in the red room and like, just come at me. <laughs> and I want to be a healthy individual I don't want to be skinny you know it's just like rerouting those pathways in your mind and endorphasm absolutely is all about that you will never hear Erica be like here's here's a diet to go on oh you want to lose 20 pounds here's a diet no never ever <laughs> she might slap you and be like go run a beer lap <laughs> well and I want to I want to touch on that not the diet part, because no, you will absolutely never hear me put anybody on a diet. People ask me, well, what do you eat? And I'm like, well, what do you eat? <laughs> it doesn't matter what I eat. I mean, it, you know, what I like and what somebody else likes. But I, I want to, um, oh my God, for the first time in my life, I think I lost my train of thought. I, um, focus, Erica, focus. Um, oh, behaviors. Behaviors that we have accumulated over a lifetime. You know, Tay-Tay's 31 years old. I am 46 years old. It is, you have to go in when, when we are rerouting and we are making changes to realize that, especially when something has been a part of your life for so many years, no matter what it is, whatever behavior it is, that it it doesn't just instantaneously, just because you think differently and you make a decision, well, I don't want this, I don't want to make these choices anymore. It doesn't mean that those choices are just automatically going to go away and you're going to focus your energy and your attention on other things. And life is, is not that simple. I mean, learned behaviors and pattern of behaviors have developed over time and they become a part of who we are because they are a part of who we are. Do I believe that behaviors can be changed? Do I believe that we can change? Absolutely, 100% we can. But there is the need to be patient, the understanding of why are you doing it? What ultimately are you trying to achieve? And making sure that the choices aren't, you know, that's, that's, part of my issue with the dieting industry, right? If somebody is eating X, Y, and Z, and suddenly they go to eating A, B, and C, that is so far removed from what they were doing before, of course it's going to be hard because it's so fucking different. So there has to be a level. And, and I always tell people that, you know, we're so wonderful with children. You know, we're so encouraging and, and I know this because I've lived it, seen it, done it, realizing sometimes how we lose patience with ourselves as adults. And I'm, and 
we, when a kid falls and they're learning to walk, we're like, you've got this, get back up and you can do it again. And we don't give ourselves that same um, compassion. We're not compassionate with ourselves. So we're like, what the fuck, you fell? You loser, you're never gonna do any better. And I'm like, we would never do that to a child. Why would we do that to ourselves? And so it's thinking sometimes of ourselves, especially when we're retraining and we're relearning and we're starting to make new choices. We're like that child again who's learning to walk. Right, and the vulnerability aspect comes in. Yes. You have to be so much gentler with yourself. And with, like, setting those habits, and it's all about just changing habits, but tiny changes. Like you were saying, if you go from A, B, and C to eating like D, E, and F, like, well, that's not going to last. That's right. not sustainable because that is unrealistic and you're making huge, massive changes. And like, yeah, you might be able to do it for a couple of days, but tiny changes help establish lasting habits. Yes. And so, man, I, now I lost my train of thought. I was so going to tie it back to addiction somewhere with the tiny habits and I lost it. Well, it's. I think it's the same application when you... Um, oh, yeah, I got it. Yeah, sorry. So setting those, like, huge, massive... Like you're saying, if a little kid falls or if you fall, well, get the fuck up. It's like, no. If you fall, then let's start from the... You know, work with the end in mind. So, like, if I want to be an athlete, now let's work back from that. What does an athlete do? Well, they train regularly and they eat healthy and then break each of those down and then as you're going throughout your day think like is what I'm about to do in line with my goal and the value that I'm chasing right now like does sitting on the couch or sitting in bed for the third day in a row is that going to help me get to the athlete status that I'm craving and if you find that you're super connected to that end goal keeping that end goal in mind and can work your way backwards through tiny steps, I think it's just a much more realistic and attainable way of getting to that end point. And like I, you know, deep in addiction, you can say things like, well, I'm just gonna stop drinking forever and I'm gonna throw myself into working out, and but I'm not gonna actually do anything to help the stop drinking part. I'm not gonna at all address the addiction. I'm just gonna throw myself into all these other things uh, and then, sorry, Eric was like <laughs> dropping all the equipment here. <laughs> I'm having technical difficulties. Okay. Um, so then Every... you, you just throw yourself into stuff, and instead of actually addressing the true problem, which is your addiction, you're just now obsessing over something else, and you're eventually going to have to go back, you know, just like that major diet change. Like, you know, that's not realistic and sustainable if you don't get down to the root problem you know i wrote a book called eat that monkey now is the time to change your life (laughs) and the whole premise behind that and i've talked about it on the show before is getting to the root cause of why we make choices but it's making those choices that create regret and then repeating those choices over and over and over again and We all know definition of insanity, but I wanted to touch on what you were talking about in um, focusing on what you want. And so I spent many, many years doing public speaking, talking about desire, action, and focus. 
Desire is what you ultimately want, truly what you want, not the do I want to be 25 pounds lighter. What ultimately do I want? I want to think of myself as an athlete. I want to be healthy. That's the desire. The action are the steps that are necessary to achieve that. Those two are fairly simple in in theory, in putting it on paper, in, oh, yeah. in recognizing what you want. The third component is, unfortunately, where most people fail. And that is the most important aspect. That is the focus. So that is, even when I don't feel like doing it, mm-hmm. I do it anyway, because what I desire overrides everything else. And so, you know, I've had people that have said to me, well, I just, you know, I keep hitting the snooze button when I should be going to the gym. And I said, then what you want is not really what you want because you have, you don't want badly enough. And so, and sometimes maybe it's what you think you want is not really what you want. So it's not worth focusing and going forth with the action because it's, it's something that's not really what you want. I have people all the time, and I had a conversation with a very good friend who was also a member yesterday that, you know, she was stating, you know, I'm just so over working out. I said, the problem is because you've allowed it to be work because your sole focus has been on losing weight. Now, first of all, she is one of the most beautiful people inside and out, simply gorgeous, and for me, I place so much value on people and who they are as individuals, what's on the inside and, and the words that come out of their mouth and their actions as people. And very seldomly would I ever comment ever on somebody's appearance because it's just that aspect of a person has never been important to me. And I think only because of self-reflection and and battling as a young woman with that, that I recognize that that has nothing to do with our value. But so I had a conversation with her and I said, listen, I think if you channel back, if you really understand what the endorphasm is and what it means, and it is a feeling and it is powerful and it's a life changing and it can center and it can ground you and it can be so many things. But when we talk about utilizing fitness as a calorie burner or anything else, it's demoralizing at best. And it's, it's really, and what happens if you get injured and you don't have that tool And now here you are, you haven't addressed really the root cause of anything and you're continuing the same behaviors, but now you're sidelined and you can't do something. And that just ends up perpetuating the same problem and it's a vicious cycle. And so I think for everyone, when they have the ability to really tap into the mindset, the feeling, the feeling I am never going to sell anything other than a feeling. That's what I want for everybody. That's what I 
I try to explain how powerful it is to be able to empower yourself and to have feeling of hope through movement, whatever that movement is. And if it's not the red room, I will help you find where it is because I think it is so valuable and so important and critical, critical for our survival. As human beings, we were made to move. And there is no human body that is an exception to that. And sure, we have to modify and change things. And we go through different stages in our lives. And, you know, I've had to, it's been very humbling um, going through what I'm going through, having been the athlete I've always been, and then recognize that there's some things I can't do. But you know what? There's other things I can do. And I know that. And that's what I focus on. So instead of focusing on what I can't do or anybody focusing on what they can't do is to focus on what can you do? What do you truly desire? What are the actions necessary to get it? And can I remain focused to obtain that goal? And maybe it's small, maybe it's a little bit bigger, but always start small and dream big, but to dream big you got to take baby steps to get there. Nobody just comes out of the womb running. Except for you. <laughs> I didn't come out of the I'm womb running. You came out doing push-ups. <laughs> you came out doing burpees. Bur- I did. I came out doing burpees. If there was anything, a burpee would be it. That's true. I didn't, though. Although I wish I had come out doing burpees. Wow, wouldn't that be amazing? That'd be a story to tell. Not that I don't have enough stories to tell, but... Um, I love that Taylor shared my Tay-Tay. Just want to get for agreeing last minute. Oh, just come on the podcast. I don't know what we'll talk about. <laughs> well, <I'm> crying. <laughs> but that's all right. But look, good. where are you now? There's not a single drop of, of tear in her eye right now. She's Lots smiling. <laughs> She's smiling. And, and better for it. And I'm better for it because I learn every time somebody talks and shares their story and we all have a story, and it's important to have some compassion and to remove yourself and sometimes be an observer and listen and watch and be patient. Do you have any last words you want to share? No, I'm just, I'm very grateful. Very grateful for you. I'm grateful for you. Welcoming me home. (laughs) I will always welcome you home. Nothing feels better than get back in that red room. Gotta tell you. (laughs) Well, good. It's there. Yes. I love it. Everybody just needs to experience an endorphasm, and then it's just. I would agree. (laughs) I would agree. It is why I came this morning. See. Look, why I came. That's our new shirts, by the way, which the merchandise will be dropping in November 1st is when the merchandise drops for everyone nationwide that you can buy on endorphasm.com. But this is not a, well, it's always a shameless plug for something, I'm sure. But um, yes, my shirt says endorphasm. It's why I came, which is truly 
truly, I mean, you know, we like to uh, play with the word and be playful with it. And you can't take life too seriously. So play with it. But it truly is why I why I do it. It's why I came. So with that, always love, health and happiness and much respect. Peace.